To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ain't the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers It's been so long Let's see if we remember how to pod Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Homers Podcast, episode 56. A lot has transpired since the last time that we recorded, but we're gonna see if we can still we let's see if we still got it, man. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? I mean, I think we still got the juice, you know. Oh, it's just been a while, you know, things happening in our schedule. You know, for the fans out there that's listening to, I hope that, you know, they understand that, you know, a lot of things, moving pieces happen. So we're gonna get this thing back rolling though. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like you said, man, life be you know hitting you. We all busy, busy young men doing some some big things in our lives, man. So sometimes it's not always convenient for us to to be able to 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 get together. But we tried to make sure that this time around we did whatever we had to do to get something you know for our listeners. So definitely glad for the ones that that's been holding it down for us, been supporting us this whole time. We got some more content for you now, man. So a lot has transpired, and uh, we can't go any further without recognizing the death of all of our idol. You know, uh, technically Kobe is the reason what that brought us together some years back, or why we so close to this day. Yeah. You know, somebody that we all looked up to, uh, Kobe Bryant passed away, and I know that it's been a while since it since it's happened. A lot has happened. Uh, we we gonna spend a little time on it. Um, a part of the reason why we took some time away too is that we just couldn't record. Yep. You know, we was we was actually grieving uh, the loss of Kobe Bryant. But now that we you know are able to record again, you know, uh, we just gonna you know pay our last respects. We all had conversations about it. I guess I'll start off, uh, start this thing off. Uh, just um, it took me a few days after I was done crying. You know, to actually kind of formulate kind of like a statement on my Instagram. But, uh, I mean, it's just something that took you by storm. You know, it's so many, so many reasons why this tragedy was a tragedy. Not only the, the nine, you know, the other seven people that lost their lives, but Kobe actually lost his daughter. And then just thinking about Vanessa and their family and the hardship of her losing a husband and losing a daughter. You know, I can only imagine. But we all know what Kobe meant to us, you know, just his work ethic and the, his approach to life in the game. And I told you, Ramon, like the, the day, the morning he died, I was actually watching his interview on uh, Matt Bourne's and Steven Jackson podcast. And then an hour later, I'm getting a text that he passed away. So, you know, it kind of hurt me hard because, you know, in the interview, just some of the things he was saying about his daughter and how special he thought she would be and how she loves basketball, you know, and how he was more into basketball in his retirement now than he was before because of her, because of her passion for it. And then you just think about as well as what does the what was starting to take shape in his retirement. Just you know, he already had an Academy Award um, for you know making books for kids, you know, sports books. He said that they we always had fairy tale stories for children to inspire them, but he wanted to create sports fantasy stories to help kids. So. I was just really looking forward to what his retirement would ensue. I think he was going to be a billionaire just by all of the business sense he was he was into. And we know Kobe, whatever he invests his time or passion in, he's going to succeed in. So um, just for the record, I already said it a thousand times, but thoughts and prayers to Vanessa and the Bryan family and the other seven victims of that tragedy, praying for them family still. I'm still shook up about it. Even to this point, it's been almost a couple weeks, but it's still, it's still, it's, it's, he hadn't really even sat in yet, you know? No, that's a, that's a great point, man. I just, uh, I think you said it. You hit the uh, nail on the head with it, you know. With his uh, memorial coming up on 224, February 24th, 
you know, in honor of his daughter himself and the other ones that passed away on the on the helicopter is just really uh, shocking. You know, again, that's happening on February 24th, so I'll be locked in watching that. Um, and, you know, they said they did lay him to rest on February 7th in a private um, setting, him and his daughter. So, you know, again, you know, like I said, you hit the nail on the head, you know, prayers to Vanessa and his other daughters and his family, his sisters, all that, um, and his fans, you know, I, I you know, again, you know, if anybody know us, know me, know how much, you know, Kobe meant. Kobe was the reason, you know, I picked up a basketball. Kobe was the reason, you know, I love the game of basketball. So just, just, you know, just really, really one of those things that was just shocking and still shocking. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, pretty much like y'all said, you know, once everything transpired, I guess it was just such a, a tremendously just shocking moment. Like, honestly, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to Twitter or paying attention to my phone at all. And that's when Los initially dropped, you know, the, the first text in the group me, you know, that, you know, you know, pretty much he can't believe this or hoping this ain't true. And um, I didn't initially go and search anything. And the place that I was, somebody showed me showed it to me on their phone and I like I will never forget that moment you know the rest of my life that that situation like seeing that and at the moment that that happened then I started getting text messages from other people because because like Lo said like you said people know that we're big time Kobe fans mm -hmm. and people have always known that and so man people were reaching out to me people were sending me stuff and it was just like I felt like I was in a daze at that moment and um honestly when it when it first happened you know, I went through that moment of like, you know, am I, in a sense, taking this too hard? Like, you know, I, yeah. I never met Kobe a day in my right. life. The closest we got was going to, you know, that game and we were in the tunnel, basically by the yeah, tunnel, yeah, yeah. to see him come out and see him walk back through the tunnel. Um, but like, I was kind of in my mind, like, are you taking this too hard for a person you never really met? And yeah, it like, almost felt silly. Like, I was yeah. shedding tears and I was like, man, why am I crying? I never right. met this guy before, but... You know, it just shows you how powerful his legacy was and, you know, just the love. And I was just looking at, you know, partly when you know when someone dies, um, you just see the overwhelming amount of support by the NBA and how the NBA has been impacted. And so many superstars today from Trey Young, Devin Booker, uh, AD, and then you look into the older vets, you know, even that we look up to LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, you know, just saying that the media always tried to poise us against him, but we always looked up to him and wanted to make him proud. You know, so it's just seeing the overwhelming support yeah. of the league around him and his peers. They let you know what what what, what great of a guy right. uh, Kobe Bryant is. And just, to me, Kobe was at peace to me. Every interview you watch post-interview, uh, I mean, post-retirement, even LeBron spoke to it. He's like, man, Kobe just seemed so at peace. Jay-Z said the same thing. He saw him for New Year's. He said that he just seemed so at peace and at yeah. ease. And I think Kobe, you know, was at peace in, in, a, in a great time in his life where, you know, he was doing what he was passionate about, and that was seeing other people succeed. So he was writing his books. He started the Mama Academy where he was training different athletes. Uh, he, you know, he had the, the, the Mama Citas, uh, the Little Mambas basketball team that he was training and coaching up. You know, he just loved seeing other people succeed. And I mean, for somebody that was coined all his career is how selfish he was. Yeah. You really see in his well, death how selfless right. he is. And I, I think that's a key thing that you were saying right there. Because honestly, that same interview that you said you were watching that morning, I told you the same thing that mm -hmm. I had watched it really that weekend. And one of the things that to me stuck out even in that interview was, you know, they talked about how the media scrutinized him and the different things that they mm -hmm. would say. And so Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson pretty much asked him, like, you know, what has gotten to you in, you know, seeing, like, what what have you felt that they said? And you would think Kobe the type of dude that, like, man, yeah. none of that gets to me. All none right. of that bothered me. None of that hit me. And he said all of it. He said all of it. And he was very human in that moment. And he said what got to him the most was just like you were talking about the the media's perception and the way they called him selfish throughout the totality of his career and the way that that was painted and he was like that's not who I am that's never who I've been you know he even said for on the basketball floor like I wouldn't have five championships if that's who I was so right. you know you thinking and you look at Kobe and you you think that nah nothing you know that nothing gets to Kobe Kobe just and that type of stuff got to him because that wasn't who he was and like you said he was truly selfless all the stories you hear even the story that michael wilbon told 
about, you know, Kobe sending flowers to him and talking to him after he had his, you know, heart attack or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. And then you look at the, uh, what I was looking at as well is just, you know, when LeBron passed him up the night before uh, for, for third on the all-time NBA scoring list, the message that he sent to LeBron, like he was genuinely happy for LeBron, gave him his respect, you know, then you look at a couple months ago, he actually was in Staples Center hugging LeBron and, you know, it kind of hurt me too and it brought me, I thought I had it together and it brought me to tears again when you see LeBron get off the plane and I guess he just received the news and, you know, he bust out crying, you know, so... The impact that he had will live on forever. I love the overwhelming support that you see around the league, you know, when it first happened with the 24-second clock and taking the eight-second backcourt deal. And now the the All-Star Game MVP award is called the Kobe Bryant MVP award. And, you know, I I wouldn't be opposed of changing the logo as well, but I know that that probably would be – they would probably lose a lot of money because that means that every every – um, all of the merchandise and everything that they got would have to be changed and it would no longer have any value. So I, I doubt that happens, but I think the MVP gesture, you know, was a, was a nice little gesture. Yeah. yeah. I don't have much to say else to that, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I know it's yeah. tough, man. We sliding through it, bro. Kobe deserves yeah. so much, but right. I just feel I, like it's yeah. that's how much it means to us. Right. You can't. And, and like you said, man, it, it's really with Kobe, man, it was bigger than basketball. It's bigger than the game. Uh, Kobe helped shape, you know, part of my mentality. Like, honestly, right. probably, you know, and I'm I'm being serious when I'm saying this, behind, you know, my parents and the way they brought me up and raised me, probably as far as shaping my mentality of what I do on a daily basis in the professional mm-hmm. world, like, Kobe had one of the biggest impacts beside my parents. Right. And, um... You know, just in, in, in daily things, moments where I feel like, you know, you, we all have those days where we just don't feel it. You just, right. you show up and you don't feel it. You don't feel like making it through it. You don't feel like doing the work. And in those moments, I honestly think about Kobe. I think about mama mentality. And honestly, it helps me to power through some moments where I really don't feel it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, it's just bigger than the game, man. It's yeah, bigger it's bigger than the game, and it just shows how he impacted the world when you see, you know, murals all in, in Venezuela and, you know, in Italy. You know, he, he just not, you know, in China. He's huge in China. It, it, you know, it's just it's just not a thing where he, it was a basketball player. We lost a true and yeah. a true and honest legend. He was just inducted as a Hall of Fame finals, which we knew he was going to yeah. be a Hall of Fame finals anyway. I hate that anyway. we get that speech. Man. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that, that that yeah, yeah, me and Los were talking about that the other day, you know, just the fact that we won't get that, that powerful speech that we knew was one of those, like, Dickie V speeches, that something that we was going to reference for the rest of our lives just yeah. as far as, you know, like the Stuart Scott speech. Just, yeah. just certain speeches, you know, you would, you would probably put in the archive when you're feeling down. But I, I agree with you, Ramon, you know, because of the... the the day I found out about the news, I actually had an interview, that a huge interview for my career the next day. And I was just thinking about that, you know, yeah. and I thought about him. And I was like, you know, he wouldn't want you to be sulking and grieving. He wants you to go in there and, and show that you're affected by, by his loss by going in and killing that interview. And that's right. what I did, you know. Right. And, it, you know, just like you said, I mean, it's just, it don't, it's not a, just on the basketball court of what he represented. It's just anything in life. When you're going through something, you can channel into that mamba mentality and executing and, and focus, and you yeah. can accomplish anything. And, you know, I think all of us have, are successful in our different ventures that we are now yeah. is because we embody that, that mentality. So, rest in peace, Kobe Bean. I'm sure we'll be talking about it more, maybe, you know, do the episode, but you know, even now that I'm talking about it, bro, it's just too tough to talk about. So yeah. we'll be talking about that more and more. Um, I'm not even gonna bring up that disgusting uh, report unless oh, y'all man. care to discuss it. But I mean, nah, I don't think so. Not on my platform. Nah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, it don't yeah. deserve. Yeah, it doesn't deserve yeah. time. But I mean, all I have to say is that you know, if if a man's not there to defend himself in any type of way, then it shouldn't even be discussed. You know, just out of respect for the families, you know, his yeah. fans, you know, his teammates, everybody's right. is grieving. It's just, you know. And then alone, like you said, it just the family, man. Think about Vanessa. Think about what. Yeah, uh, her kids. Like, you know, Natalia is yeah. going through. Think about all that. Like, to bring that up, like, that shouldn't be anything that's. It's a, especially to... something that turned out to be very baseless. And a lot of evidence was ch- turned out to be that the accusations were bogus. 
But you know, it, it's not it. We here to celebrate yeah, a legend, right. and you know, I you know, I just love the love and support yeah. that all of the players have rallied together. That has helped me to get through it as well. Yeah. He hasn't been forgotten. No, definitely. You know, and and you know, I, I just love the impact that I'm seeing by everybody. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, and we our prayers and thoughts on the on behalf of opinionated bench warmers are with those those other seven victims and uh, the Bryant family, along with Vanessa and his parents, his sisters, anybody that's attached to him, man, for sure. And uh, we know that he's in a better place, and we know that he would want us to solve, just like AI say, he'll want us to keep going. Right. So that's what we're going to do. Do what we do best and implement that mama mentality and mentality with OB, you know what I'm saying? So, so um, on a somber note, uh, I guess we could transition into All-Star Weekend. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's I guess talk about it, man. I, I like I like the All Star Weekend. All right, bro. man. Let's uh let's start off. Uh, let's go in order. I think the three point contest was was really was really good. I wasn't expecting Buddy Hill to win that thing, but uh, he he sure he sure he, he's a pretty he's more of a better he's better spot up shooter. Not give him credit for. I thought he was more like an on the move type shooter. Yeah, I think uh, with that I uh, end up actually losing some money. Which is interesting because I put you know, placed on uh, one of the, the the daily fantasy sites. They had a pretty much a uh, betting where you can pick who you want to win, and they can pick if you go and choose to have anybody make ten straight shots. I put the under on that. Nobody made uh, more than ten straight shots, and then if they're going to have a total of one hundred and ninety nine points in the first round, and the last one is if Trey, uh, well, Ice Trey, uh, Trey Young, was he going to make it to the finals? And I put no on that, so I hit everything else. My only thing that I missed on it, and I could have got a cut of $25,000, was if Booker was going to win. And if you, anybody saw it, they saw how Booker lost that one. So I could have had a cut of $25,000, wow. and I was just sick watching that. So it, it was it was pretty entertaining watching that. Oh, yeah, it was entertaining. Um, I, then we had the dunk contest. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna just get to it, man. I'm gonna just get to it. I, I mean, I've I've been trying to say this energy for for a while, but somebody has to say it. The NBA is gonna have to do something with these competitions, uh, you know. As as far as I'm I'm concerned, I think that the, it's more of a thing where it's more about uh, entertainment aspect of it than than as far as a, a aspect of it than uh, competition. It's it's really it really compromises the competition's integrity. I think let's start off with the dunk contest. Can we all agree that Aaron Gordon got robbed? Yeah. 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 And when you look at the judge panel of it, I mean, I, I'm all for innovation, but, I mean, first of all, you look at the judge panel. I think I don't think Dwayne Wade should have been there. Speak on it. And I don't think Chadwick Boseman should have been there. Speak on it. Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, no offense. I love Black Panther, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Of all time, but I feel like you doing him like you do Ben Simmons. I love Ben Simmons, <laughs> but he ain't got no jump. <laughs> Man, you got him. Chadwick probably has never dunked the ball in his life, yet alone here he is on this panel. So what does he know about it, about basketball? Now we look at it, and Aaron Gordon had four. All of his dunks were fifty, except for the last one. You look at the last dunk. He dunked over a guy that's seven six. I don't. People say, "Oh, he didn't clear it completely." To me, if right. he didn't land on Taco's yeah. neck, pause, then <laughs> he cleared it. Yeah. Like you know, and for though you look at the scoring of it, the only person that gave them nine was Dwayne Wade, who he was voting against his former teammate. So of course he's not gonna vote for his former teammate Derrick Jones. To where he wouldn't win. And then Chadwick Boseman, who don't know anything about dunking. I think that, I mean, you the reason why you put an actor on there, as I get it, the NBA is want to show that they're culturally diverse. So, okay, you want to have Candace on there, which I agree Candace should be there because Candace is a professional yeah. basketball player in her own right, uh, and a Tennessee volunteer legend, legend yeah. and, and is turning to LA Spark legend if, if she can get uh, a couple more championships under her belt. But... You know, like, why, why why, you got Chadwick Boseman there, bro? Like, he should not be on the panel. Like, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't have a list of the people that they asked and declined. I mean, because I would think that they would have asked Michael Jordan being a day in Chicago. And I could see him declining because he has a lot going on. But, bro, like, Chadwick Boseman and Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade is a nice guy. 
You know, like he's not one of them but guys. He's a biased guy. He is. Yeah, you can't have but, a, a former. But like, come on, man. And then you got Kenny. Why? Why? Why is it necessary for Kenny to be talking to Dwayne on the panel? And Dwayne is there to judge the best, to the, the judge the contest. And Kenny, you hear him and speak. Man, I should give it to both of them. What? What? I didn't come here to watch. Uh, uh, give give participation awards. I came to see a winner. Like it's right. just it just was a mess last night, bro. I think I no, no, yeah. I, I think Kenny nailed it, you know, and he he cracked his joke at the beginning. He was like, "What what does this guy know about Duncan? He, I don't think he know how to dunk a donut and coffee, you know." And so I mean, you look at it, and the guy he's the only one that had the fifty straight, you know, besides the last one. And then it went into the dunk off. You know, these guys prepare these dunks and and get ready for these just the games and stuff. And and for him to pull a seven six seven seven guy out the crowd and and pull it off and unprepared and to basically clear him. Like, you know, of course, that he didn't really clear him. I want to see those people that's, that's right. saying that. If he didn't there, land on right, top right. of those neck, he cleared it. Like, I don't care if he touched the head a little bit, powers. But, <laughs> but you know, he cleared, he cleared him. him. He cleared him. You know, and, you know, Derek, Derek Jones is an excellent. He put on a great show. Like, that's one of probably the best dunk contests I've seen since 2016 when Aaron Gordon got robbed again. Uh, by Zach Levine, but come on, man! Like you dunk over Taco, you win. After, after a while, too, I think they have to get to a situation where let's just say those two dunks happen, or maybe you have a third dunk or something like that. You have to just go ahead and declare a winner because then when you get into they getting into four and five and six dunks, like after a while your bag is kind of exhausted. So you might have had the right. best dunks throughout the night. You're risking injury. Yeah. At that point. So so my thing is after a while there should be like a set amount of dunks, and then it needs to be on them to declare yeah. a winner at that point. And I think that it goes to show your mind. Like I said, I think that All Star Weekends become more focused on entertainment and it's sacrificing integrity of the competition and that would be fine because it is about entertainment yeah, for the casual fan who said, who's yeah, saying that but when we start talking about legacies these competitions as far as three point contests and dunk contests like Kobe won one in 97 yeah. You know, MJ won one. It it it's. Well, they still talk about MJ. It's all about all yeah. It's all about legacy. And to me, in my eyes, Aaron Gordon is probably historically the best dunker in NBA history. And that doesn't have what the wins okay, to show to say. for it. <laughs> I he doesn't have a nice win. caveat at the end. Yeah, he doesn't have the the show for it. Because if you think about it, years down the line, honestly. I wouldn't know much about Spud Webb as a basketball player right. except I knew about his dunking, and then that made me realize what he did as a basketball player. Right. But, like, you know, so those kind of things mean something years down the line, you know. So to see him, like you said, get robbed twice, I think that's the biggest thing. And honestly, don't get me wrong, Derrick Jones was great, and even the one between him and Zach Levine, I feel like that was tip for tat, you know, probably with Aaron having probably the best dunk of the night. But I just think with this one, like you said, for him to clear Taco and then you come in and, and give him a 47, like after he had did the dunk and he cleared that, I was somewhere, you know, that night or whatever, and I was like, he he won it. I basically had in my mind and said, like, he won it. Like, he won this competition, and then to come and see him get the 47, I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. You got to be kidding yeah. me. It was ridiculous. I think at that point, I think if they playing the politics of it, they should have gave it to Aaron Gordon because the reason why I say that is Aaron Gordon, no matter what win or loss, wasn't coming back to the dunk contest. I think that's kind of understood. But if you give a money, a motivated, you know, Derrick Jones, you know, if he felt like he should have won that, more than likely he would have gave it another chance. Maybe not next year, but the year after that, it would have been fun maybe seeing him against a Zion Williamson. Yeah, you know, or seeing him against I see. I see. And, and then now to add on that too, you know, not saying whether he would have definitely done it or not, but like John Morant said after that last night, he could be using it as a cop out, but pretty much like I don't, I don't you know, think I, he I don't think I'm. I don't after think it's seeing a cop that, out. He like I, I'm not really interested. Yeah, in, I don't you know? think it's a cop out, and I I would look other super source to sit it out because they not taking that judgment yeah. aspect seriously, bro. Right. They not right. taking it. Like, why do you have, bro? That is irritating me for the yeah. life of me. Why do you have Black Panther? On the judge panel. Why? 
I don't know. But you got Scotty Pippen. Okay, you did good yeah. there. Then you got D-Wade, who's a former teammate of Derrick Jones. Yeah, How that that not, that how is that not a conflict of interest? That should have never been able to happen. Um, that should have never been able to happen. But like Lowe said, let's just say you had a disgruntled Derrick Jones after feeling like he should have won. So you get him next year. Like he's saying, maybe you do get Zion to actually do it. You get Ja Morant, and, and you get yeah. one more other name. Yeah. Like, you setting up for potentially another epic dunk contest, yeah. but not like... I think it's going to be a, de- a decline in, in participation, just like a three-point contest. They always want to do something. Why they got to add them two extra extra Mountain Dew balls on the, on, the, on the shot so they can make some money from Mountain Dew? Yeah. Like, it's just getting stupid, bro. Like, I guess, I mean, if you like it, you love it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel like we can it's kind of like, it's kind of like the exit. It's kind of like the XFL. <laughs> Poor man. Oh, yeah, bro. You gotta be open to this. Poor, 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 poor man. These, I, I'm not saying I'm not open to other opinions. These are my opinions. The XFL is the poor man's version of the NFL. With all of these. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. One, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna address the, the Mount Dew. I think that was a good change because, one, it's a further shot. And I understand it's for promotion and money and things like that, but it is a further shot. And it adds interest, more interest in shooting five, six balls. From one side, you know, switching. It adds a little interest. It adds a three-point ball to it, so it adds a, a different change that doesn't really. It does. It it is it, it, it's, it's just competition, you know. And so we're looking at that aspect. I'm like, okay, that was cool, you know. Adding the, the green ball and the three points is clutch. It's a further shot. It's a little harder, so it, it makes it interesting to me. I don't think it was that big of a change. But does we're gonna address the XFL? Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. But does it? Do you feel like the extra balls does it affect like? The traditional, like, the, would you take away the value of somebody that won this competition as opposed to Steph, who didn't have the advantage of two green balls when he, when he, when he, I don't know if he won one. Did Steph win one? No. Steph yeah, yeah. Won one. Yeah. 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 yeah, when, when Steph, when Steph won one, or uh, when, you know, back in the 80s when Reggie, Reggie Miller won one, does, they, they didn't. I don't, I don't take away from it because the reason why I say that is because the game has changed. The game, you as you see now, you have Lolo, uh, Logo Dame, who's pulling it up from half court now. You have these players that's shooting it 10 feet from behind the three-point line now every night like it's nothing. Like, you, as you can see, the game is constantly changing. And so adding that further shot into it, you just pretty much adding what the game is already doing. And so that's why I think it's one of those things that's making it interesting. It's like we already see this every game, these players pulling these long threes and making it, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, too, just from a, if I even look from a, honestly, a business perspective, like, you do have to evolve and some things do have to change. I know sometimes people can be, a, you can be a purist to, like, what you used to and what you like, but honestly, as an organization, they have to search. So you like the two green would, balls. Huh? You like the two green balls. I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm talking about the green balls, man. <laughs> But, I mean, I'm all for, you know, a, a different change, something that'll kind of mix it up a little That's bit. That's the same type of mentality and the same change that, that, that ends up with Black Panther being on the judge panel in the dunk contest. That's the same mentality. Oh, let's put an actor that has no, no athletic background on the panel. No. He knows a lot about They're basketball. The and, then he caught, and then the funny thing about it is when I said that in the group, he called up, he was like, well... You know, maybe Chad was from Chicago. I was like, man, he's from South Carolina. <laughs> like, it's no excuse, bro. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Stephen A. has to say about it. I can't wait to see what y'all uncle got to say about it. But anyway, so uh, we got the All-Star game tonight. So after y'all, when y'all hear this, we didn't really talk, touch on it because we recorded actually before the game. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty entertaining, but I think LeBron's team is a heavy favorite. Now, we know that. Yeah, we know that Giannis is his second year doing this. Um, is it time for us to say he's a piss poor GM? Now, I will present the quote where he says that, you know, I've been an underdog all my life. Da, 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 so, my I consider our team an underdog. I did it like this on purpose. But really, guys, do you think that Giannis kind of has an eye problem when he's looking at the list of players that's left on the on the uh, list, or you think that he's really picking these far inferior teams on purpose? I don't. I don't think he's picking it on purpose. I think you know. I watched a little bit of the actual draft when they replayed it. 
Um, I think, you know, when he made the decision to not go with James Harden and pick um, and he picked uh, Kimball Walker, I, I think that. that's what knocked off the balance of the teams. You know, once he did that, that's when it everything kind of shifted into LeBron's favor, um, you know, with making the picks, you know. So I think that's where he made a mistake, and then he just kind of picked with, like, his heart instead of the talent. I think LeBron went with the talent, and I think he picked with, like, the hard and like who he's cool with that type of yeah. thing. But I mean, I think, my thing is my when he passed on Kawhi, I was just done. That, that well, that's what I didn't. That's what I didn't get. I know he was trying to do the matchup. You know, LeBron just took AD or whatever, so he gonna go and take a big. But honestly, Kawhi should have been the pick. Right? Yeah, like MB going that high, I'm not really with for MB going as, as a second. But, but honestly, at the end of the day, too, bro, like. I mean, we did say this leading into last year, and I know that the that team LeBron separated at the end of that game. But All Star game, they just going up and down anyway, so it ain't like yeah, it, it ain't it, it, it ain't like it's really gonna make that big of a difference. I mean, like last year, yeah, I think Team LeBron had kind of got out to the lead, and then even Giannis team had to lead for a good little bit, and then right at the end, it was like okay, Team LeBron was like okay, we are gonna go in and get this done now, but. So I don't think in the grand scheme of things it's gonna make you know as much of a difference really truly in the game, but you know obviously we said GM for GM, LeBron looks like a better GM than Giannis looks like at this mm, point. Yeah, hopefully Giannis wants to be like a maybe a owner or coach is supposed yeah, to. He gonna be how MJ how MJ, yeah. MJ be doing with his with his Charlotte team that's always trading. Yeah, he finally got his Charlotte team like they got a nice little young core, bro. You're not sold. I'm not sold. <laughs> me neither. All right, so um, I guess now is a good point to talk about the scope of the league. Our Los Angeles Lakers, the number one team in the West. Speak on it. You dig? Hey, can you say that one more time, bro? Say it one more time. The Los Angeles Lakers, the number one team in the Western all Conference. Right. So after all the talk about, oh, yeah, I need to worry about the Clippers, man. We need to worry about the Clippers, man. Tell them to worry about us. Um, I do think one thing about it, we do have to show up on primetime game, which we did in Denver. Yeah. For the break, but um, what? You, I mean, what are some surprises? I mean, I, I think that I, we're not surprised that the Lakers should be at the top just with the talent wise. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I look at the scope of the league, and I I feel like the Clippers would have gave us a run run for our money at that number one number one spot. But it's you know they drop a lot of games they shouldn't drop. Yeah, but I, feel- I mean. Uh- I feel like when they drop games, typically it kind of goes under the radar, though. It's not blown up as much as when the Lakers drop those games. But I think that it's one of those things that it just happens throughout the course of the season. I think right now, uh, people talk about how we've looked on primetime games and all of that. But I think the Clippers are something like 1-4 and and 1-5 and against the top teams out in the East. Uh, so, you know, give or take, uh, I feel like they do kind of slide under the radar a little bit when they take those losses, but it's still, for me, I, I still don't put too much, I don't overly put stock into the regular season, like, it does mean things, and you do see trends, and you do see matchups, but we all know, too, that even these stars turn it up to another level when it comes into the playoffs, so, you know, I don't 100% base it on what I'm seeing night in and night out in the league, you know. Well, speaking yeah. of... What- Oh, go ahead, Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I mean, you know, we look at, you know, I, I, I post a tweet out there. It's like the Clippers, you know, since everyone was talking about the trade deadline um, and how the Lakers didn't make any moves. The Lakers did not make any moves. You know, they had a deal where they could have offered Kuz and they could have offered uh, Danny Green to the Knicks and got Marcus Morris uh, in return. But, you know, looking at that deal, the Knicks was going to flip end up flipping Danny Green to the to the Dallas Mavericks and getting the first for him, which in return would have made the Western Conference even tougher for us, where you add Danny Green to a team, to a Dallas team who has challenged us every game this year, all three games. And so um, I think, you know, the Lakers made a first made a good move with that. And then back to the Clippers to the trade deadline, they did get Marcus Morris, but since the trade deadline, the Clippers have went one and three. You know, and the Lakers have went three and one, losing to losing to a Rockets team that just implemented the small ball lineup, you know, that was trial error. Um, so I think now, you know, looking at that, looking back on it, I think, again, we can't be challenged when this team locks in and plays in a seven-game series. Well, you mentioned Kuz. Oh, go ahead. Okay, don't get me wrong, bro. Uh, of course, Lakers Nation, all that, bro. I don't know if I can say we can't be challenged, though, man. Can't? Who said that? 
Who said we can't I, be challenged? I, I mentioned that. I said in a seven-game series, I don't think we Oh, yeah, can we, can, we definitely can be challenged. I, 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 I think we're kind of lacking in the air, which ties into the Kuzma conversation. I mean, let's face it. If y'all not going to say it, I will say it because y'all always defending Kuzma. When we gonna call a when we gonna Bro. call a spade a spade, you know, man? I gave up and on and, and I'm getting the Ben Simmons later. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but he really likes Ben. Yeah. He really likes Ben. No, but I think Kuz, man, it's time for us to say it. You know, Ramon, we've discussed this. He's gotten too to Hollywood. You know, right. he he. We need him to be that third guy, and it just yeah. seems as though he, I don't see a progression from last year and this year. If anything, he's taking a step back this yeah. year. You could blame it on injury, but I'm not blaming it on injury, bro. He's so to me he's so focused on his his image and his persona and what he's doing, buying into the LA hype and all that. I mean, I think I saw somebody tweet now that he looked like a six nine Amber Rose because the way he, <laughs> <laughs> the way he wearing his hair and doing all this stuff. Now it's just like to me that Hollywood life has gotten to him too much, and to me I don't see that same hungry cools that I saw as a rookie. You know. And, and the thing about it, I know it's been kind of difficult. He's trying to find his, his space and his spot on this team and, and figure out the situation. But, like, we really need Kuz to step up and be that third reliable scorer. We need him to be able to come off the bench and to depend on 15 to 20 a night from him. Like, that should be automatic. We shouldn't have nights where you looking and Kuz, you know, got three points and he got four points. You know, like I put in the group me. You know, I see times where he got more Instagram posts in a day than he have points that <laughs> night in the game. I like it, <laughs> and and that that shouldn't be the well, case. Ram- you know? Ramon, you said a mouthful, and I don't think you you I don't I don't know if you know what the impact of what you said when you said it, but the fact that he has the Hollywood mentality, but the fact that he doesn't really it doesn't appear that he's working on his game, um, and then you said about him fitting finding a fit on a good team. The greatest players has to find what they're good at. It's more to the game than scoring. I'm not seeing him aggressive on rebound. I'm not seeing him being an aggressive defender. If anything, he looks more slow and out of shape now than he ever has. You know, it's just time to, you know, it's time, you know. I think he started feeling himself a little bit when he wasn't traded out of the young core. And, you know, I wouldn't buy the trade deadline to what you're saying, Lars. I see what you're saying, but... I would. I, I, the longer we hold on to him and other teams see, the more value he's gonna lose. So I mean, I so, you know we not we had to trade him until next season, but you know I mean to the off season. But I mean, if somebody want to take him, as far as I can see, if they want to give up the the kitchen sink for him, I say let him let him have him. All right, let me say this. I, I say so. One on the coups and the trade deadline, I said it was the right decision in the context of. Will we have gotten better losing Danny Green and Kuz at the same time? I agree with you. It was the right yeah, decision. Yeah, it, it was, was the right decision. decision. You were right on that. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't have gotten better with that trade. So it wasn't so much because I think Kuz is the valuable. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I see what you're saying. Kuz. Yeah. And so on the other half, um, I had a friend that visited me, you know, last year towards the end of the year. And the debate at the time was, you know, he was high on Tatum and I was high on Kuz at the time. I was, was like, get you oh, later, he's not man. better. And so, I recently reached out to him and I told him, I said, hey, he was right. You know, it's not even a debate at this point. No, I was like, not. Tatum is head and shoulders better than him. And, you know, and it's sad because Tatum and Kuz, um, if I'm not mistaken, We're came out yeah. uh, a year later or so. But I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, Tatum has shown up and he is challenging that last game against the Clippers. You see a guy, Tatum, Tatum, who's taking yeah. that next step. Bro, he who wanted is, to take it to Kawhi, like, bro. You remember it's, it's funny because remember, remember you have to on one of the podcasts he was like it you know he was like man it's it's you know at this point it's Jason Tatum just name value no no and, no yeah. and, but at this point man uh, you know Jason has worked his way into uh to uh, one another one of Kobe's proteges yeah so I mean it's somebody that's getting dirty in the gym and and working on his game and it's somebody that's not and that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, you even look at the way B.I. is elevating himself. Yeah, bro, y'all keep, yeah, y'all tell y'all what, man, y'all piding now, man. <laughs> Talking about B.I., man, and, you know, I read an article um, about him, and they said that he's been in the gym twice a day. Right. Like, he goes to practice, and then he comes back at night and put up shots. Another Kobe protege, you know, and you, you see he went from averaging 17 last year, and now he's averaging 25, and he's an all-star. Yeah, wait, hold, hold up, hold up. I just, just a little breaking segment in the podcast. 
So for years, you've been giving me grief about these Duke players in the NBA. And we just talked about Tatum. Now we're talking about B.I. We see what Zion Williamson doing. We already know Kyrie. I'm just saying, you know, now now you got to... I got to walk that statement back now. (laughs) But, uh... At the time, it was it was validated, but yeah, man. I mean, Bi, I think he needed some space to spread his wings, and yeah. um, it's really nice to see him because I yeah. it's nice to see his growth. We always said he was gonna be what he is now. And, and my thing is too, bro. I not to harp on the, the Pelicans too much, bro. But even now too, I'm starting to see these different people, these Pelicans fans, these reporters, and all that talking about Alonzo and how he impacts the team and does the winning type stuff. This is we're stuff we've been saying for years. Yeah. If they weren't actually watching the dude play, all they was doing was looking at box scores. Not everything we didn't said about Alonzo for years. Now they finally see it. Right. Like don't don't tell me don't don't critique a player and tell me we don't know what we talking about right. when we were actually watching we him every game <laughs> night in and night out and you ain't watching him and you gonna tell me something about him but now that you actually have your eyes on him you saying exactly what we said for years. Well, let's talk about another uh, Dookie, uh, Zion Williamson. Man, he living up to the hype, you know, uh, just with his athleticism and the way he's able to score. He's very raw and he's doing, you know, put, still putting up twenty one points a game. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at it. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans not too far out of that eight seed. Uh, they're actually six games back, six games back behind Memphis uh, for that eight spot. They'll be fighting with San Antonio and Portland so far. And what do y'all think? Y'all think that uh, maybe that the Pelicans can make a run at the eight seed, and we see a Lakers one eight against the the Pelicans former team. I don't want to see that happen, but what do y'all think? I mean, I really don't want to see that happening. Nah, I think nah, right nah. now the nah, ideal nah. situation is with who's in the AC right now, which who's been su- a surprising team in Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. yeah, so I, I, that's who I would like to see first round. Maybe we gentlemen sweep them or sweep them. Yeah, but I think the Pelicans are way better than what their record is saying right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they fully healthy. Right. All right, so this is a tough one for me because – I think that, like you said, I think the Memphis matchup is a better matchup for us. Like you said, the Pelicans are better yeah. than what their record's showing. But me, selfishly, I'm like, Lakers in the playoffs, I go to the Smoothie King Center and go watch my Lakers. Ah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Forget about that, bro. But that's the only man, thing. They ain't going to be got... so motivated, right, bro. Right. Play. No, that, it'll turn into a tough. It'll turn into, to me, kind of, you remember that, that Lakers OKC series? Yeah. Where OKC gave us all we can handle. I was handle. at that game. They, took, I was at that game. they gave us all we can handle or whatever. I feel like that's what it'll kind of turn into that series. Because you had the young guns that's extremely motivated. The ones that, you know, used to be LA guys. Mm-hmm. Zion is pretty much a matchup nightmare. Like, and the thing is, too, Zion kind of a matchup nightmare on 2K, too. I don't know if y'all played with him on 2K, but I was playing against him on 2K. Couldn't do I couldn't do nothing with him, bro. I couldn't do nothing with him on 2K. Yeah. Um, bro, I mean, I mean, if you look if you look back as far as, you know, that series when they played, uh, when the Pelicans played Portland, you know, that was, what, a couple years ago where, yeah. you know, New Orleans ended up beating Portland. I think they ended up sweeping them or something like they that, swept. right? They swept them. Yeah, so, I mean... You know, when you look at somebody like a Drew Holiday who can lock in and shut players down in the playoffs, and, you know, it's just one of those things that is it's just scary, man. They have too many weapons. They still have J.J. Reddick that can come in and give you buckets. They he have has a veteran a presence, yeah. Yeah, you got a young Hayes, young center, you know, that can still, that can get up and rebound. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're a scared team. And they gonna push, I think they, really they just got to catch stride. And they're going to push the pace on you, too. It's going to be a, a series where, of course, you got to be locked in conditioning-wise. They don't get up and down the floor as well. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it unfolds. But like you were saying, though, too, though, Memphis has been a, a, a nice little surprise. You know, I, I definitely didn't anticipate, especially with all the stuff, the offseason stuff with Iggy and all of that. You know, I just thought they would kind of be kind of a throwaway castaway They might, they team. might be one of them teams that just play well first half of the season because, you like like you say, a lot of guys turn it up. You know Portland going to turn it up. They will. You know the Pelicans are going to come together because now they finally healthy. But so. I feel like they young guys can hoop though, bro. We know Josh. Oh, yeah, we know Josh. Yeah, talent. Yeah. And then you know uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. You know I think he's a really good uh, player as well. Dylan Brooks has been having a good season. Like they have some good young talent. Justice Winslow is over there now. I know you're gonna scrutinize that potentially, but <laughs> Justice Winslow is a nice 
role player, bro. He a real nice I'm role gonna leave player. you alone since, yeah. you, since your Duke players have been coming along. Uh, yeah. Zion and uh and uh shoot, who else? Tatum, I ain't gonna say yeah, that. Right. So well, uh, let's look at OKC, they they six right now. Who would have ever thought they'll be six in the West right that's now? That's crazy, bro. Man, Chris Paul, uh he really has bought in and the young that's guys. Boy, bro. Yeah, young the young boys have rallied around him and you know, here they are, Schroeder's playing good ball right now. Uh, I think that they, uh, you know, I think they're one of them scrappy teams you don't want to see in the playoffs, too, if they make it. Yeah, Schroeder always finds a way to kill us, too, when he plays us for oh, some reason. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It seems like every time he everybody, plays. We get everybody a best shot. Yeah. So, uh, let's flip over to the East right now. It's no surprise that the Bucks are on top. The Bucks is probably the best team in the NBA to me. And, I, I mean, it, I know. I would say regular season wise, I still think when it comes down to the playoffs, I don't think that they're going to be the best in the playoffs. I think that I think no, I think it'll it'll translate from a perspective of them getting to the finals. Like I would peg them as my favorite in the East to get to the finals. But it's no, I didn't say they're not a good team. But as far as like us saying the best, if if we if it was a true like just straight up seven game series, I think and I could be biased in this, but I would pick the Lakers to beat them. I would also, in a seven-game series, pick the Clippers to beat the Bucks. Even though the Bucks have been winning in the regular season against both of those two teams, but I think in the in the playoffs in a seven-game series, I would favor those two over the Bucks. The Bucks will probably be third on my list as far as uh, best teams in the league. Well, my team that that's kind of been surprising over there in the East is Toronto. Yeah, they they sitting second in the East right now, seven games back from the Bucks. They, you know, we thought they was all going to take a step back when they lost Kawhi, but it seems like they believed in Siakam. They gave him his money, and he's paid off, uh, averaging over, I think he's averaging like 25 points for him right now, and uh, he's doing a good job. Uh, I think Lowry, I think, uh, I don't know, how, Lowry's playing better this year. Uh, I don't know what about him and Kawhi, but him and Kawhi worked really, really well, but it just seems like when, because Siakam is like, what, a power forward? Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that when your primary score is, you know, and then you, you look at um, Kawhi as a small forward, it just seems like to me him, him in a in a backcourt with a dominant shooting guard doesn't work because it didn't work with, um, with, DeMar with DeMar DeRozan. But, it you know, with Kawhi being a, a small forward, it seemed like it worked better with spacing with him. But he's been playing better. And, and Nick Nurse, I mean, it's time for us to give him credit as a coach. Uh, for how he's able to get them boys rolling. Yeah, man, I, I like I like what the Heat did at the trade deadline. You know, and they were already a tough team. I think they really, with Iggy getting Iggy and, you know, getting those, just those hard-nosed players that fit their DNA at Miami, you just really got to take your hats off to Pat Riley. You know, he really do bring the Heat, you know, pun intended. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I really... I really, really, really like what they did, and I really want to see how they match up against a team like like the Bucks. You know, you got to really bring those yeah. players that that bring that grind. You yeah. know, and yeah. so they got a bunch of grinders. Yeah. See, I, see, OKC is that team scrappy team for me in the West, and the Heat is that yeah. scrappy team in the East. I feel and, like you don't want to see right. Jimmy Butler and them boys and none. And it seems like, you know, when, when Jimmy first went there, I was like, man, why would Jimmy go there? But he right, went, right. you know, and that leads us to our next, well, we're we going to move, like, after I say this, but I guess, you know, talking about Philly and why he would leave Philly, and now you see why, because he said he's with a group of guys that want to work hard, yeah. and then you look at the mess that, that's in Philly right now. Yeah, well, you said something about yeah. Ben Simmons, did you? Yeah, I wanted to hop on that, yeah. you know, that's a good transition. you, uh... Cause you really like Ben. Simmons. I do like Ben, man. <laughs> I, I, I I pledge on this podcast to tell the truth. No matter how much I'm a fan of a player, I gotta tell the truth. And you know, Ben has been quite disappointing to me just because he got the big contract. You know, he took all these jump shots uh, on social media and making them in in, in in pickup games, and then he get to the game. He's no, he's not taking shots. Um, I think one of them has to go, guys. I don't think that team is gonna succeed with with Embiid and 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 Ben. And I don't know if I well, keep. I don't well, know if I keep. I don't well, know who I keep. Well, this is what, this is what I say about too the way that that team is constructed. Uh, the, the way the league is now, you need spacing. I mean, just in basketball, period, you need spacing. But especially the way that it's played, the game is played now, and they just have too many bigs in a sense. Like we know, 
you know, Ben Simmons plays point guard. Be 6'9", 6'10", point guard. You got Joel Embiid that plays on the block. Then you got Al Horford that's serving as your power forward. Then you got Tobias Harris that really is truly a four in this league but playing three for you. And then it's just it just doesn't really fit, honestly. And like you said, I think they have to make a decision between one or the other. And honestly, you can get great value for one of those guys yeah. on the trade market to say, okay, this is who I think should be the future of the franchise. Let's go and get as many assets as we can for this guy. They can get extreme value for MB or Ben yeah. Simmons. Um, and so, like you said, I think they have to make make that move. I think if they had to choose, I honestly think that they would choose to to build around Ben over building around MB at this point. I think because too, I think MB is fed up with it, and I, I think that he's look he want to go somewhere else. But, so, uh, so wait, but I, so I, don't, let, I don't know let, how you could build a team around yeah. somebody that don't have a jump well, let, let, Okay, well, I was just about to ask y'all. I want to ask both of y'all. If y'all were in that situation, and let's just say it gets to the point where you feel it does has, have to break up, who are you building around, Ben or Embiid? I'm building around Embiid. And reason being is because Embiid, is, is, when healthy, is very extremely talented. And I think that... I think for Ben and Ben, I think Ben is like if you could get a point guard on that team that can shoot and, and poses a threat on the perimeter, I think that'll help your spacing right there. And I, I, it, it, with them together, MB clogs up the lane, and then Ben can't move like he wants to. So I think I I get rid of Ben. Okay, I think I think you said it for me. I think you said a mouthful for it. You know, you said when MB is healthy. And so that speaks volumes right there for me. So if you ask me, I'm choosing Ben. The reason being is because, you know, the proof is in the pudding. When Embiid has missed, the team has been successful. And the team has went off. The team has won. And, yes, I understand Ben does not have a jump shot. But I've seen Ben do more than just not have a jump shot. I've seen Ben single-handedly lock up Kawhi Leonard the last game before the All-Star game. His defense is so underrated, so, so underrated that, you know, you can place him on one through four. He can play power fours. He can play small forwards. He can play point guards. He can play all those positions. So just defensively, what Ben brings to me is special. And I think Embiid, yes, he is special in his own right, but his health, his health is the biggest issue. His yeah. health has always been his issue coming into the league, and he continues to miss games. He continues not to be available. He continues to have these fits and get into it each game. He becomes a distraction. And so if you ask me, I'm, I'm building a team around being a player that has played game in and game out and has been successful. Has played yeah. in game in and game out and has not progressed as far as you have a weakness in your game and you still, you know, yeah. have not gotten better. Yeah. I mean, how many but, excuses are we going to make for Ben? What, but the thing is, I think what you have to look at as well, just in, in this whole aspect, like, first of all, like, Los is getting to what they tell you all the time, what's the best ability? It's availability. availability. Yeah. So, number one, having that aspect. But then, too, I think that, of course, Ben does need to get a jumper. He needs to progress in that area. But I think that you can't just look at that one shortcoming and make it trump everything else that's it, great about Ben. What, ben, you can build a team around him because yeah. of the way that he can create. Ben can run an offense. Like, an yeah. offense can be centered around Ben because of the way he can make plays for others. I like agree. you said, like Los was saying, Ben is a very underrated defender and that's not just on-ball defense but even off-ball, getting into the passing lanes. He's typically one of the highest up there, even in steals. In the yeah, league. I think he's leading in steals. Right. And yeah. so, and I, his IQ is extremely high if he if he and like you say we can't continue to make excuses for him not having a jumper because we see Giannis developing that jump after yeah. years but still overall through and through I still if it were me I would build around but I want to well. build around a franchise player and you say why it trumps all to me because I want somebody that that's gonna get better that's gonna work on their game that's gonna, that's gonna, you know, but it, by him, by his third year of him still but, not having a jump shot, not even taking jump shots, but okay, not even taking jump shots. That's okay, speaking okay. to his work ethic, right? Okay, so well, what about so, when, he, when his team go to Miami? He stays back in Miami, and his team go to the next so, city that they. But, but then too, let, let me hit you with a counter. And I, 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 two things really. Have we continued to every year and, and year out see a progression in Embiid's game? Number one, and then number two. You know, you talked about the Ben and not developing a jump shot and all that. Has Embiid done anything better to take care of his body? Mm. Does he do think, anything better? So, it maybe Ben not in the lab completely going and getting that jumper, 
But is Embiid doing everything necessary to, to take care of his body that he not having? You know, I know different nicks and injuries and all that kind yeah. of stuff happen. I understand that. But I still think that there's sometimes you can prepare yourself enough to where you're not consistently missing as much as Joel is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can control. Because, I mean, he's been nimble since we've been known, introduced to Embiid, even back to his Kansas days. And even when he got into the league, he missed, what, like two seasons almost? Like, almost right, two yeah. So I, I mean, y'all do have a y'all do have a, a good point with the injuries and and with being. I mean, it just frustrates me when a superstar don't work hard and it doesn't seem. I mean, I, I can I can rightfully question his work ethic just of the progress he's made and the same with Embiid. I mean, Embiid the, the knock on him is that he's not he's not a killer. He don't have that killer instinct. He's not gonna go out there night in night out and dominate. He'd rather take jump shots. Which he says is because of of the system that he can't clog up the line, which is valid. But you know we got to point to Coach Brett Brown as well, and it don't seem like the team is behind him like they once was. Which you know, I mean, he it doesn't seem like he can get an effective system to make it work. So I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna say y'all 100 wrong. I don't think there's no wrong answer to that question about who to keep and beat and bend because they both special, but they do both have their downfalls. And I, I think, I mean, after this year, if they don't make it, I think it's time is to break it, that thing can up. Can this team get out of the first round? I think they get out. Uh, let's see. Who right they, now, they play Miami. No, they right now, they, they no, they four versus five. No, they wouldn't get out of. They if they got to face Miami, they're not gonna get out of. I think Miami gonna surprise some people this this season. So I mean, if they were they now they they know that they got to get at least a third seed for them to be relevant uh, in the playoffs and. You know, Boston have been playing pretty decent too. Marcus Smart is uh has stepped up. You know, Marcus Smart has got a jump shot now, bro. I can yeah. say it now, bro. <laughs> Last year he was kind of you know he's like ah, but nah he yeah. he can he proved he can knock down shots, and uh that team is gelling really really well. So I mean, the East will see, man. Yeah, the East is actually pretty intriguing this year, though. Honestly, I think that there could be some intriguing. Uh, then all the depot back, so the pace is gonna be, you know, so. We'll see. We shall see, fellas. So, um, are we gonna talk about the trash XFL? Uh, <laughs> I, I say one man. I, I don't think you can call it trash until you at least legit give it a chance. I have watched least, it, bro. I, I say this. You know, with the changes they do add to the game, with how uh, if this is a league that actually lasts around, I think it's a good opportunity for these players that don't get reps, like the quarterbacks that, you know, get some maybe a third or fourth preseason game play and then get cut by a team. These teams, these players, these quarterbacks uh, specifically don't get the reps and don't get the opportunity or they get hurt. They get hurt and then they get cut and they get forgotten about. So this is a league where these players that have the talent, they just, you know, now they get the reps to showcase their talent. And I think, you know, for the, the sharp people and the sharp teams, you know, they're going to watch and you're going to see a lot of these players get opportunities and play and actually show up and be a big part of the NFL. I think this is just one of those leagues. I think the mistake people are making, they're comparing it to the NFL. No, it's not the NFL. You're not going to get the quality of the NFL with this league. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those. It's a league to develop these players to make it to the NFL. That is their goal. And so I think, you know, with the aspects of the different things that they're doing with the kickoff in this league, with how open they are with reviews, you being able to actually hear um, you know, challenges on the field and what their thought process, I think that, that, that aspect is good. You know, being able to see them have these live interviews with players on the, on the sideline after they make a huge mistake. A quarterback throw an interception, the reporter going up to him and asking what, what you saw on that. That aspect of it is interesting to see what they saw, what they were thinking. What, what happened on this fumble? I got to do better. You know, hearing that, that, that type of aspect is actually good. So th- this league is one of those open communication leagues that is different than the NFL. You don't get to hear it. You get players that make a mistake. They have all game to think about how to respond to that mistake and how to answer in the press conference after the game. No, they're giving you live answers. Sometimes it's live, uncut, where they're cussing and everything else, where you, the, you know, the, the, the censor man got to be on top of his game. With actually hitting the beep and blank out, so hearing that aspect of it is fun. So I think again, don't compare it to NFL. Give it its own opportunity and realize these players are developing. I don't want to watch developing players. I'm sorry, uh, it's not entertainment to me. When I watch the NFL, the NBA, I know I'm watching the best of the best. I mean, if they want to develop, that's fine. But when it's, co- you college, you watching developing players? Are you? 
So I think that LSU could be one of these XFL teams. I mean, it's, it's LSU pass. That's yeah, what I'm LSU saying. So it's different. I mean, it's different aspects of that. Like it's a different level. I don't want to watch a bunch of has been guys, uh, guys that didn't quite work out in the NFL, and they're trying to get a shot down here. I don't. I, me, to me personally, it's my opinion. I don't want to watch it. I mean, I get that some people love the NFL so much and they love football so much that this will hold them over until the NFL draft or will hold them over until the NFL opens back up. But me personally, I don't want to watch a professional football league of not making it in the NFL, guys. That's just me. I mean, I think people like the underdog story, a redeemed story, players coming back. And I think that's what the appeal is with the league. You know, everybody, you know, like you said, you like to see the greatest of the greats. You know, you have some people like that. Then you have people that actually, you know, fail and actually, you know, fail (laughs) and came back. You know what I'm saying? People that has a redeemed story. You know, it's not always about the great, oh, I made it to the NFL and you want to see the greatest product. Sometimes you want that redeemed story. Like, okay, this person got cut by X amount of teams. Let's, let's look at the 49ers running back. He got cut by X amount of teams. He's a failed player, but he got his opportunity with the 49ers and uh, Mozart, and he's showing up. You know what I'm saying? That, that's those type of stories players and people like to see. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess. What you think, Ramon? <laughs> Uh, honestly, bro, I t- I haven't watched the game yet, so I. <laughs> oh man, you want to cop out, bro? You want to cop out, man? I haven't and, watched, and it. it's a reason why no. you haven't, right? Yeah, but still, no, I do actually plan to watch. Oh, Ramon, Ramon, I do, I do plan to watch. I ain't gonna say that I'm a like really. Man, you acting like somebody like that 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 uh, you asked them how they feel about this album, and they say you hadn't heard it, nah. yet. and it'd be months down the line. It's a reason why you hadn't rushed to go. No, I, to I, I'm, I'm definitely not rushing to go and watch it or whatever, bro. But um, it's not a situation where I'm like, oh, I'm just not gonna watch this. It's trash. Um, I am gonna sit down and watch so it. Why, Ramon, why, why aren't you rushing to watch this? I need somebody honest on this podcast. I'm being honest, bro. I'm, I need somebody honest too. Yeah. So um, you you enjoy watching this? Yes. I've been sitting <laughs> tweet about it, so he seems like he been he seems like he been uh, enjoying it, bro. I I really just so, haven't gotten around. Right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. I've been planning to watch it. Let's no, do this. Let's do this. Why Go haven't it. Ramon? Why haven't you rushed to go watch this? I ain't gonna say it's been a priority. Like I'm like dying. Why? To go why watch. haven't you? Huh? Why haven't you? I'm gonna get you to say something negative about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, nah. I mean, I think I'm saying, I'm saying part of it, kind of seeing two different angles. Like I'm not rushing to watch it because it's not like it's content that I'm dying to see. Like I'm dying to see this football, but I'm also not feeling like, oh, this is just trash. Like just throw it away to the side and cast it away. I'm gonna watch no. it, and I probably will just like. Enjoy it for what it is, you know what I'm saying? But not be like, I got to religiously follow this and I'm paying attention to all the players and I'm looking at stats and I'm looking at numbers and I'm looking at, I won't care about it in that aspect. It'll just feel a void when I need to. Let me be honest though. Let's call it, let's call a spade a spade. With the NFL, we are as, 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 as sports heads, you know, we watch 90, maybe 90% of the games because of our fantasy teams. And because we have money locked into it. So the NFL is that reason. Now, if you guys had something to where it was locked into where you actually had a fantasy XFL team, let's just say hypothetically, you guys would be locked in watching it. It's the same thing. Some of the games in the NFL is unwatchable because the teams are garbage. But because you have fantasy team and fantasy, um, you know, stake in it, you want to watch those games. So, I mean, that's, that, I mean, let's be honest. I ain't gonna lie, dog, bro. I ain't, I ain't up for no XFL fantasy. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm watching this a pastime, but I don't think I ever play that fantasy. The XFL is like golf. It's just, you put it on while you're cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> Oh. But anyway, look, that's enough on those guys. I wish them the best. No, no, that's how you always do. But I got a lot of respect for y'all. And keep it going. Keep chasing your dream. I appreciate and respect the hustle. After I just took a dump on their life, I just shot to back it back. Hey, man. Anyway, anyway, but man. But in positive, in positive, after the week one, XFL did have positive reviews as far as views oh, yeah. on TV and fan attendance. They really have. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, do 
supposed to have a spanking of XA bad that we don't know about. Like, yeah, yeah, he got minority ownership of a team that I don't know about. Yeah, I'm a truth teller, brother. Much as you want to crack jokes about it, I know you want to. Let me find out how those guys. It's new, but they really did get positive views after the first week. Man, I'm glad you. You was the same person that was watching that other trash league that didn't last about a month. What was that other league where they was hitting hard and stuff last year? Um, Mettenberger was in it. You remember that other little league they tried to start and it didn't. I don't know. Call it the AFL. Yeah, the AFL. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you was vouching for that league. I wasn't vouching for that league. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you can't dig that now. You gotta provide some evidence. But anyway, it's good to be back, fellas. We yeah. did it again. We thank the listeners for listening and being so patient with us. Being so patient. We appreciate you for the love and support. For anybody that's checking on us to see, hey, look, how y'all guys doing? I know y'all grieving. Do y'all have another episode coming? Yeah, we do. Here it is. And we appreciate you for, um, we appreciate you for hanging in there with us, man. It's been a tough month uh, with the the Kobe passing and everything. So, uh, we'll be back and um, we appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure that you continue telling a friend. Uh, Make sure that you're subscribing to us on our Apple Apple Podcasts. We are on Google we? Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Himalaya. <laughs> right, yeah, we said. Yeah, man. So we appreciate all the love and support out there, guys. And until next time, peace out. Later.